You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and the AEC review show listeners, because what a week in Kentucky. My goodness me, uh, basically a real festival for eventing. And we were truly spoiled with some brilliant, brilliant stories. We're going to tell a couple of them on this show. And I am delighted to say that joining me as my first guest on the show is the newly crowned Adequan Advanced National Champion, Liz Halliday. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, we were just chatting before we started recording. And actually, this is only your second AEC. Is that, I, I feel like you should have bags and bags of AEC titles. But actually, this is your first kind of official title. Yeah, it's crazy because obviously I spent a long time in England. So we were never here during the summer. So I kind of always missed out. And then when we moved back, um, obviously COVID kind of shut everything down. So my first time was 2021, um, where I finished third in the advanced and I won the prelim, which was great. And then this is only my second one. So um, I definitely went there hoping to win. So it's always nice when it works out. It absolutely is. I would say on behalf of all of the UK listeners, we miss you over this side of the pond. Just (laughs) just putting it out there. Come back and visit soon. Um, I would like to. (laughs) Hopefully. Talk to me about the kind of the feeling going into the week, because it's always a busy week. You had lots of different horses and different divisions. What was the kind of the feeling in Team Halliday in terms of the expectations going into this year? Well, it was kind of interesting for me because I actually hadn't evented at all since early July. Um, I just had some things to sort out in my life. And then also the horses just didn't really need the run. You know, they kind of all ticked their boxes earlier in the year and uh, I suppose over here in the U.S., you can. it's very easy to make it a very, very long season. So I always try and give them a bit of a break in the middle. Um, so for me, I was sort of like, wow, I haven't been eventing for a little while. <laughs> and um, a lot of my horses were having their first run back for quite a long time as well. So that was uh, trying to weigh that up with being competitive, but also doing what was right by the horses was very much in my mind. Um, it's also our home event. So that's kind of cool. But it means we're trailering in and out every day. So that adds sort of a spin to it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I wanted to be competitive, especially with Mickey in the advance. So, um, yeah, that part worked out, thankfully. Do you think actually that having that kind of mini break in the middle of the season is kind of actually has taken the pressure off? Cause obviously you've got a really busy end to the season with going into to the Pan Ams and, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, a few of the autumn targets as well, the fall targets as well, but actually mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing as you say, to kind of have that mini break in the summer. I think it's been great for the horses too. And and we're lucky to be like they so close to the horse park and there is um, a good few show jumping shows that go on there. So I did a few jumping shows with a lot of the horses and just kind of focused on a few different things. <clears throat> and um, I think a lot of them have come back, you know, freshened up a little bit, you know, especially the younger horses. Um, it's Yeah, it's actually kind of worked out that way nicer for me this year because most of the horses I didn't, we're all doing a three-day event in the spring. Um, so, yeah, it gave me a chance to just really let them have a holiday and just focus on a few of the things we needed to work on and get them really strong and really good in themselves. And um, honestly, they all all came out in a good place. 
Mixed Mastercy is the, the, the horse I want to start with because he is your advanced winner. Um, and actually, he he's a horse that you took on, I'm going to say, begin, beginning, middle of last season. Is that right? Sort of partway through 2022? Last May. Yeah, last, last May. May. So we actually haven't been together that long. How have you found kind of getting to kind of cement that partnership with him? Because it's different taking on an upper level horse. Yeah. And I mean, actually, he's the first uh, upper level horse I've, I've ever had um, that's, that I haven't produced myself. <laughs> so that was, um, that was definitely something different. Um, he was still young enough and, and, you know, obviously putting into place my own training with him and, and focusing on what he needed to work on and those sort of things. I mean, he's obviously incredibly talented. He's a spectacular horse. Um, he is uh, a strong horse. He has a big engine. He has a lot of power. Um, that's been obviously something that uh, I've had to get to know him with and work on. Um, but we've, I mean, we've had an amazing, um, you know, just over a year together and he's just gone from strength to strength. And I just think he's, um, I think he's totally world-class. I'm lucky to ride him. He's actually, uh, amazingly, only still an 11-year-old. So he's still very much yeah. kind of re- heading into his prime. Mm. Um, he feels, you know, like we've been talking about him for quite some time. But actually, there's so much more to look forward to. Um, first of all, the dressage. You know, it's a phase that he's particularly good at. 23.1, how pleased were you with his first phase? I was thrilled. Um, I thought it was one of the best tests he's done. <clears throat> he was very, very relaxed. Um, really with me as uh, the best rain back he's done in the test that's actually historically been something that he's found hard um, and that we've been working on and um, I've sort of continuously been playing around with you know his bidding and everything and trying to find the right thing that he's really comfortable in and that also that I can manage him in because he is like a big big powerful horse and offers so much so it's that fine balance of keeping him relaxed and happy but also you know, being able to manage the power. And um, I feel like we're really starting to get that. And um, it was genuinely one of the best tests I think he's done. So I was completely thrilled. And I'm always fascinated by the fact that the AEC is one of, one of the kind of the unique draws of having it at Kentucky is the fact that you get to jump that iconic cross-country fence, those iconic cross-country kind of terrain. And not all of the fences, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, I'm not saying, but <laughs> those for all of the levels, actually, to jump through head of the lake and things like that are really quite special moments. And we've got another guest a little bit later on in the show, listeners, and we're going to ask them the same question, actually. But do you still get the same thrill when you see those iconic Kentucky fences and get the opportunity to jump them? Uh, I mean, of course, I love riding at the Kentucky Horse Park. It's such an opportunity and um, it's so great for the horses to be able to compete there, not just in that big five-star weekend. Um, I've always loved that they um, actually send just the lower levels through the head of the lake. The upper levels don't don't go over to that part of the park. And I think that's, that's really neat for um, a lot of riders who've maybe never had that opportunity to ride there and uh, that's sort of, you know, a special iconic water jump. So I've, I've always loved that they do that. Um, <clears throat> and I think every time you ride there at that park, you just get to know the ground a little better. Um, they did use one of the really big um, oxers that we jumped in the five star this year. I was on the course, which was kind of cool. And um, obviously the courses are quite different when we do it here and you don't have the atmosphere of, of the, the Land Rover event, but it's still like say every time you get an opportunity to to run across the Kentucky Horse Park, it's it's great for the horses. It's and it's enjoyable for us too. 
And cross country day, the time was tight enough. Um, I think only there were maybe two people made the time. Dutton and Azure, and then Leah Langlusic and AP Prime were the speedy ones on the day. Um, but actually, your boy ended up being one of the quicker rounds. How much did you have in the tank? Were you pushing for the time? Because obviously, there's big targets coming up for you guys in the coming months. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> genuinely, I mean, Mickey is a he's a relentless galloper. I mean, he's unbelievable. Um, he finished fresh and needed four more minutes. <laughs> That's, he <kind laughs> of was like that. He was like that in his first five star, which was unbelievable. Um, and he's very, very fast. He has a huge stride, but he is strong. And of course, I then have to manage that huge stride. Um, <clears throat> so he got he was definitely had a bit of a head of steam on near the end. And I decided to really organize him for the last few jumps. Um, with bigger targets in mind. Um, so that's where my time came from. But that was a little bit my plan was just say, no, wait a minute, let's put everything back in the box at the end. Um, but I had planned to run fast enough. I wanted to have a quick run at the ACs. And then obviously he has one more sort of final trial before the Pan American Games. And I, I will plan to sort of, you know, make that quite an organized run for him. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I actually think I could have made the time, but like say, uh, just needing to throw the anchor out a little bit at the end. <laughs> I was going to say, not quite there. <laughs> big, bigger picture, bigger picture. Indeed, um, indeed. Not that, not that the ACs isn't a big picture, but you also had quite a healthy buffer from that very, very good dressage test because actually yes. you were well out in front, I think, um, what, 27 point five was your closest challenger so you had some yeah. sort of five penalties or so um ahead of, ahead of the game um going into the final day you actually had a pole and a few time penalties in hand talk us through the show jumping because it was all going really smoothly and then actually you might have lost a few years off your life just at the very end. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. Um, actually, Mickey jumped amazingly well. And um, the lighting was very odd in there. It was sort of the sun was setting and things were a little funky. And I just felt him at that very last fence. There was a water tray under it. And he just caught a reflection in the water tray and sort of went, oh. And then he just lowered himself a bit in the air. Um, and I felt him do it. Um, but he, uh, I mean, he is a very careful horse. And he was jumping his socks off. So it surprised me as much as anything else. I had gone a touch quieter in the round because I didn't want to light him up. I wanted him to stay with me and, you know, jump really well because I knew I had that little bit of time. And then when he had the rail, I thought, oh, my gosh, maybe I've left this a little too close. <laughs> but um, but look, you know, I can't I can't say the horse didn't didn't jump amazingly well because he did. And uh, there were plenty of horses that actually peaked at the same water tray um, for that reason, because the light was so tricky it's it's one of those things isn't it there's those kind of anxious moments where you hope that your mental maths <laughs> is correct as a commentator yeah, exactly. or as, as an announcer or somebody when you're under that kind of pressure you think I've got to get this right because if you say it wrong you're not going to live it down um and I have to admit this is how my brain works I looked at the scores having had this conversation and I was like even if you'd have had one more second you would have still won because you're a quick I would have still just there you just go, barely. just, but it was close, yeah. just close. Um, he, as a whole though, throughout the weekend, I mean, brilliant on all three phases, but I have to give a big old shout out to De Niro Z, who was back and jumped a brilliant double clear for a top 10 finish. Just how good was it to have your old mate back out feeling so good? 
Oh, I was so emotional after he ran that whole weekend. I mean, I just adore him. We're very, very good friends. Nero and I, we've been together a long time. And um, he hadn't had a run at all since the Land Rover five-star, not because he came away injured or anything. He just didn't need the run. I mean, he's 15 this year and he knows his job. Um, he's done a good bit of show jumping at the horse park and various things like that. And um, I literally did one cross-country school. I think I jumped six jumps a few days before the ACs and thought, yep, he remembers. And um, he made the cross-country feel like a prelim, which was really exciting. And um, he jumped a phenomenal round um, on the last day. And I have to give a shout out to um, some new sponsors of mine, Hilltop Bioscience. Um, they have some incredible products um, that are sort of based on some new biological technology. And um, they have a product called Stridaflex that I decided to try. Um, uh, we put that into his fetlocks and it has completely revolutionized his career. I mean, he's a different animal completely, which is so exciting because, you know, he's an older guy and he's always fought for me, but now he, he feels like he's four years younger, which is very exciting. That's really cool thinking ahead to, to next year and actually what might be on the horizon as well as to actually having him back because you know when they feel good and sometimes you yeah. can't quite put your finger on what it is, but it's just not, they're not feeling their best. And then when they come back to their best, you're like, yes, this is, this is it. Um, yeah. What will what will be the plan with him for the rest of the season? So I, I always I obviously came into the AC saying let's just see how he feels. I didn't I didn't run him crazy fast cross country and had a run since April. Um, but he obviously felt fantastic. So the plan is to do the long four star at um, Morven Park in October, um, and I think that'll be a good run for him. I've heard good things about it. I haven't been before, but. It fits in with our scheduling. Um, and then if that goes well, I think we'll aim to take him back to Kentucky next year for the five-star. Exciting. Um, and Mix Master C, before we go on to talk about the Pan Ams, obviously he had this great win at the AECs. But before that, one of his last runs was actually over in Europe at Arkham, which is one of the greatest shows. And and we've had um, Bobby Costello on the show and, and talked a little bit more about Arkan as, as kind of an event and how well it went for, for the US team. But actually take us back to Arkan for you, because a top five finish at Arkan, which is arguably one of the most competitive fields that there is. It is always such a strong representation from all the different nationalities. Um, and it felt going into Arkan this year that actually it was kind of the most important event pre-Paris outside of the Europeans, because mm. the Europeans obviously didn't feature you guys, didn't feature the Kiwis or anything like that. Arkan did. What was it like competing there this year? Oh my gosh. I think Aachen is the best show. Full stop. It's so wonderful. Um, I was thrilled to go back and thrilled to be there with Mickey. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a competitive show and the course, it really is a five star short. In my opinion, the course is incredibly um, tight on the time and the fences are strong with big questions that just keep coming at you. And um, I think the course is very twisty there, which I felt was a great opportunity for Mickey because he's a very big, bold galloper and um, to be able to prove that he can still be fast and a much twistier, tighter track was what I kind of wanted to be able to prove to our selectors and myself. Um, I thought, I mean, he did a, he did a very good test. I thought I, I was sort of disappointed with the score, if I'm being honest, but he was still in a good competitive place. And, um, you know, I think, 
uh, horses when they first go to Aachen, that show jumping ring is a really big deal. They sort of go in there and go, wow, in that huge stadium. And he definitely said, wow, <laughs> got a little strong with me and a little keen, but I, he jumped very well. We just had one rail down because he was just getting a bit strong. But that was useful for me to go back and sort of reassess um, what I ride him in. And um, like I say, it's only your first Aachen once. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but we were, again, we were still in a good competitive place. And um, I went out, I, I, all of us as riders, the plan was go out, run fast and clear. Like there was no other game plan for all of us from the team. Um, was just fast and clear and try and get a medal. So um, I thought everybody rode really well and we were very close to coming home with gold, which is pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, I was, I was thrilled to be in that brilliant company with such good riders and good horses and really some of the best in the world and to come out in top five uh, with a team silver was something we were all very proud of. The team were agonizingly close to the team gold as well. Because I, I mean, know. I think all, all of the counting US scores were inside the top six. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a brilliant week for you. What is the feeling like in the US camp at the moment? Because actually the strength and depth, the competitiveness for places, you know, there is so much excitement and momentum building from what we can see on the outside. What is it like actually being part of that kind of movement in US eventing at the moment? It's really exciting. I mean, it's a place we've all tried to get to for a long time. And I think um, we have a lot of really great riders who are starting to build a depth in their strength with a lot of good horses for the future. Um, That's something I'm always looking at. I mean, my owners and I are looking forward to the next two Olympics, you know, and trying to trying to find the right horses so that you're always building the string. And I think a lot of riders are doing that really well now. I think our courses have gotten better over here so that we're all, you know, competing at a much higher level ourselves, which is helping to to bring that strength when we go over to Europe and compete against everyone else. But I think a lot of it is just a push from the riders. I think the riders, we, we all knew that we just needed to step up and we needed to keep fighting to be better and we need to compete against the best in the world and those opportunities every time you get out there. You know, when we get to compete at Land Rover or we go over um, to the foreign events and get to compete in places like Aachen, it's, it's real opportunities to size yourself up against the rest. So I think each time we're out there and we see that it's within reach, we just want to fight harder. And it almost feels, you know, the better you will get, the better everybody else gets as well, which obviously as a rider yeah. looking to to secure your spot on the team is is tough in its own right. But actually it means <laughs> that the, there's kind of a really healthy competition going on. Um, take me back to the moment that you got the call to say that you were going to the Pan American Games because it feels like actually it's been a little while in the making kind of your senior championship debut for the team US. So, you know, you're selected for Tokyo and heartbreakingly not able to go. And the Pan Ams this year, you're selected with Mixed Master CB. You've got a, a direct reserve in Cooley Nutcracker as well. So take us back to that moment. What was it like? Where were you? What were you doing? How did you react? <laughs> Funnily enough, I was sitting on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it was great because Bobby called me and obviously uh, he had to deliver the message that I was not going to the World Games last year, which was extremely disappointing um, when I felt that I'd fought hard to be able to go. So he um, he actually said to me, he said, 
I'm so effing happy to be able to tell you this right now. No. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Um, so yeah, it was, I, I felt I'd done enough, of course, but um, until you're really told that you're going, you just don't know. Um, so I think this will be a, a great opportunity and I think it'll be amazing to for Mickey to go and actually, you know, just be in a championship, but not under such hard pressure at such a high level, which he's been at for a long time and he's been absorbing that brilliantly, but he's done a lot in the last year. So I think a trip like this will be amazing, but we'll still be under a huge amount of pressure in the championship experience. It's also an opportunity to compete um, with the course designer who's also doing the Olympic Games. He's going to do the Pan American Games. So that's a, a great opportunity, in my opinion. And I think we have a super team. We're just going there to do our very best, of course. A really strong team. Uh, Pierre Le Goupil. I think is the course designer. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's right, isn't yeah. it? Yep. Um, a French course designer, listeners, who has designed lots and lots of courses over in Europe, including the likes of Linière and places like that. Um, and I think he did the, I want to say he did the Europeans, actually. He did. Um, just a he few did. weeks ago as well. So that mm -hmm. gives you a bit of an insight into his sort of courses. What does it mean to you, Liz, to rep represent your country? I mean, it's it's been my goal for years. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it, it it's going to mean a lot. And I, I was able to um, dig out my team dressage coat that sat in a box for two years because it arrived uh, literally the day that I found out I wasn't going to the games anymore for, for Tokyo. So it's been um, hiding out. So I finally tried it on <laughs> about a week ago. Um, turns out it fits. That's good news. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's... Um, I mean, for me, my, my goal has always been to represent my country in as many championships as I possibly can. So um, this is sort of a, a big step forward and, and hopefully the first of very many more to come. That is my plan. That's what I work for every single day. And it's my goal to help my country win medals. What's the plan for the next couple of months in kind of the, the build up to Chile? Well, things kind of from going from me not competing very much to it's suddenly going to become absolutely crazy. <laughs> I'm going to get really, really busy. So, um, yeah, we've got a final outing at the Maryland Horse Trials, which is uh, the first week of October. And they will run it as an advanced intermediate. All of the alternates and the team members have to go. Um, and we'll do, we'll practice the test and, and obviously give the horses a final run. Um then I go straight to Morven Park as well. And then, um, yeah, I think I'm eventing every weekend in October, which is going to be a little crazy. And the horses will then ship down to Wellington, lay over there, and then they fly out of Miami. And then I will be going straight from the Pan Am Games to California to compete at Galway, hopefully, as well. So it's sort of going to ramp up big time at the end of the year here, um, which is kind of good. I'm ready to be busy with a lot of competitions again. I was just going to ask, actually, I'm taking it there's no trip to Lillian Danger on the cards for you. There is not. My No, my two seven-year-olds just needed a little bit more time, so I decided not to push them for that. I'm I'm hoping maybe to be able to go with something next year. Um, I, I love Leon, of course. Um, I also really wanted to go to Bukalo um, with Shan Cooley, but unfortunately it was the same time as our final outing to the Pan Am Games, so that was not an option. So that horse will be aiming for the long format at Terranova in November down in um, 
Florida, and along with Cooley, uh, Quicksilver will also be aimed to run the four-star long there. And Cooley Nutcracker, who of course is your direct reserve for Pan Am, obviously hoping he isn't required and that, that all goes to plan with Mixed Master C, what will he do? My hope is that he will go to Galway Downs in California and do the four-star okay. long there. Um, and actually, it's, I really wanted the horse to do another four long this year, so it's it, hopefully going to work out the way that we wanted it to because I, I really believe he could be in the mix for the Olympics next year as well even though he's a younger horse he's a spectacular horse so I think that would be a, a great step forward for him this year. I was gonna say lots of these other horses doing the full star long at the end of the season actually hopefully is going to be ticking off that Olympic qualification box that lots of people kind of need to just get done and dusted um, because yeah. you can be as competitive as you like but if you're not qualified you're not going. I have got to finish this, Liz, a really fun stat for you, which you might be aware of, you might not. Um, but all okay. I can say is the rest of the world is thanking their lucky stars that you didn't actually compete internationally a huge amount in June, July and August because you have equally the most amount of wins internationally this season than any other rider. You're equal with Laura Delita Kirkamaya and Sophia Landry. All of you have eight but this is the impressive bit. Everybody else has been going for kind of the whole season. Actually, all of your eight came up until the 25th of May. And then you've actually only had two runs since then. <laughs> um, internationally. I mean, that is pretty impressive. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Hopefully I can pick up a few more because it's. Uh, I, I would love to hold on to, to my title with the most wins in the world for another year. That would be exciting. Listeners, Liz has the most remarkable record in terms of international victories each season. I think she's topped the table um, going back, oh God, four seasons maybe? Um, Just quite extraordinary. Uh, I would say as well that Boyd Barton, watch out because Liz is coming for you in the US leading (laughs) rider rankings. Uh, In fact, you better watch out because you and Tammy are both coming for him. Um, You're two formidable competitors. I I wouldn't want to be chased down by both. So uh, yeah, he's a brave man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it's um look, they're they're both incredible competitors and it's um it's always a, a joy to be in that hunt against such good riders. You know, we just well, we drive each other, which is pretty cool. Look, you've got a lot to look forward to over the coming months. Uh congratulations again on a brilliant AEC's win. The other horses all went brilliantly as well. Um I think all but one were in the placings and, and came away, I'm sure, giving you lots to look forward to for the rest of the season. Um Fantastic to hear that De Niro Z is feeling back to his absolute best as well. We'll look forward to seeing him out later in the year and then, fingers crossed, a tilt at Kentucky next spring. Liz, thank you and best of luck for the Pan Ams as well. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. So my next guest on the show, listeners, is the newly crowned USEA training amateur champion, Stephanie Littop. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Such a brilliant weekend for you in Kentucky. Uh, I want to find out all about it because actually it was a bit of a dream AEC debut. Gary and Drew Albee is the horse that you rode uh, last week. First of all, before we find out a little bit more about him, give us an insight into sort of your setup, how you came to love eventing and where your AEC dream began. 
Yeah, so I've um, I've been riding since I was seven, but did a little bit of everything from like Western to hunter jumpers to eventing, just depending on where we lived at the time. And so I um, kind of seriously got into eventing and showing in college and vet school, actually. And so um, I just kind of started being more competitive at that time. So are you a vet then? Is that what I you am. do? Yeah, I'm a small animal vet. That I can imagine is a very, <laughs> very, very useful profession. And you yeah. are a very good friend, I'm sure, to lots of your friends <laughs> bring you going, uh, Stephanie, go to <laughs> How do you juggle work with the horses? So I'm um, pretty lucky in that I've got a little bit of flexibility. Um, my clinic is really great about working with me to have time off to go to the horse shows and especially this last week to have off to go to ACs. They um, have been super supportive. So it's really nice to have that, um, to be able to go take lessons when I need to go to the shows and kind of juggle that around a bit. And what about Gary and Drew Galby, who's Albie at home? How did your partnership with him start? So he's, um, he's 19. He's took, uh, he's a previous three-star horse, took two young riders through the intermediate level and three-star level. So he uh, knows his stuff. Um, He's been really cool. It's been my first like actually trained horse. Everything else I've had, I've gotten either off the track or um, something like that to kind of bring up and through. So it's been really fun having a partner that kind of knows the job already, Um, allows me to kind of learn a little bit more and kind of improve myself some. So um, his previous owner used to ride with my barn owner and friend here in Nashville. And um, she was looking to lease him out for a bit. So called my friend and she's like, I know the perfect person. So that's kind of how he came into my life. And he's been just amazing. He sounds like the the kind of the perfect partner to step up the levels and get some really good experience on and you've had some brilliant results on him as well you've pretty much um on every event you've completed I think um never been out of the top five there's a whole handful of wins in there as well so when did the AC dream kick in for you guys so we were qualified at novice last year um but with the trip to Montana I just didn't think that was fair to him to put him on a trailer for that long so I um was kind of hoping that this year would go well and it has and so as we came through the winter season and um started into the spring and it's like he's been pretty awesome and pretty competitive and I haven't lost my (laughs) my head so we'll keep going so what about going into Kentucky did you even dare to dream that actually you could be on the podium let alone stood in the top spot uh, I mean, it was like a distant dream. I mean, I was really hoping to be in the ribbons. Um, he is an amazing horse. So if I could just keep it together, I knew that he would be competitive if I could just keep my nerves under control. And so that's what I tried to do. I tried to just not think about it too much and just kind of have fun with it. How are the nerves going to somewhere like <laughs> Kentucky? Because, I mean, Kentucky is is the mecca isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's the place. What was that like? Um, I mean, it's nice in that because I live where I live, I've gotten to show at the horse park before. 
Um, I haven't taken Albie up there before, but my previous horses I was able to show there before. So that helped some. It wasn't like my first trip to Kentucky, which was good. Um, it was the first time we got to jump in the um, Rolex ring, which was super fun. Um, the atmosphere definitely helps him. Um, he's not super impressed by much, so it helps to have <laughs> some atmosphere to kind of wake him up a bit. You, you do realize that now he's going to be like, no, 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 mum, I yeah. need a stadium. I need <laughs> fans. Like, Fancy shows only, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so talk us through your week. You start with the dressage because you led after the first phase and actually got your competition off to a great start. How, how was your dressage test? How did it feel to you? Oh, man, he felt just mega. Like it was definitely the smoothest test. The warm up was great. And I was really hoping I could just keep it going into the ring. And, and I did. And he was just awesome. It was a very smooth test. Um, and he's just a really cool horse on the flat. So um, it was pretty accurate. And I wasn't expecting the score that we got, but I was thrilled to have it. And in terms of the cross country, um, so you, you sort of have to put the first phase behind you. And yes, I'm sure it's in the back of your mind that actually, you know, you are in the lead going into the cross country. But you get the opportunity at Kentucky, as we, we spoke about listeners on the, the preview show going into the AECs, to jump some of those iconic fences, go through the head of the lake. What was that like? And did you manage to actually enjoy it as it happens? Because it all happens so quick. There's a lot of pressure. So what was the cross country course like for you? It was a great course. Um, Kentucky's really good about having more terrain than you'd think it would um, until you walk it. And then I thought it was a very fair course, and I thought there were some good questions in there as well. Um, I thought it was very good for the level, good for a championship course. And, um, you know, the last thing I, we, my coach and I talked about before I went out of the box was just, you know, make it fun make sure you're having fun. And so as I was going out, we we're just like, fun, fun, fun. Let's go have it. So it was good. I did try to be kind of in the moment a bit. Um, it does get a little bit overwhelming as, you know, an amateur, not a pro, but it, um, it was fun. It was a good, good run. I love the emphasis on fun because it always <laughs> is one of those things, isn't it? You know, when the nerves kick in and you think, why on earth do I do this? Yeah. Or you're I mean, feeling the pressure that ultimately you do it for fun. You know, it's absolutely, meant to especially as an amateur, it's too expensive to not have fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> too expensive, far too stressful. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's got to be fun. It's got to be fun. Um, going into to the show jumping, the final day, Rolex Stadium, you're in the lead. Did you manage to kind of enjoy and celebrate after your cross country? Yeah, I did. Um, we were lucky enough to stay with a good friend of mine while we were up there. So I think that helped take some of the pressure off, um, you know, just kind of hanging out and talking with them every night. And, um, you know, going down that into that ring, I was just I was actually a lot calmer than I thought I was going to be. So that was um, it was good. It was a good course and um, he jumped brilliantly. So you didn't have a fence in hand. Um, no. So the moment that you knew you'd won, what went through your mind? Oh man, I was just like elated. It was, it's been a life goal to be able to go to the ACs and um, to come out the first time with a win is just unreal. Does it feel quite emotional now looking back on it, you know, a couple of days later? 
Uh, yeah, you know, it's just like, it's pretty cool. He's a 19 year old horse. So I don't know how much longer I'll have him be able to keep competing and um, to be able to share that with him and my friends and my coach. Oh, it was just great. It's one of those sort of really special moments that you've got to enjoy, you've got to appreciate because this eventing is a tough old road and you don't oh, know yeah. how, many, how often those those kind of days come round. But actually, you've got to enjoy them and you've got to really, really relish them. What What's next for you guys? Um, we're, we've got a couple more events planned for the year and then we'll probably be finished um, mid-October and give them a little bit of a break and hopefully go back down to Ocala a um, couple of times during the winter season and maybe move up to Modified. We're just we're taking it a day at a time. Well, look, watch this space. Uh, the most incredible, incredible win at the AECs this weekend. And I think for, for anybody who is listening to this that thinks, oh, do you know what? It, it feels like a pipe dream. What would you say to them to encourage them to maybe include a potential AEC's trip on their qualification? Uh, I would say that, you know, if it's doable for you, if you're qualified and you can make it happen, I would recommend making it happen. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Horses are horses. And so if you guys are ready to go and do it, I think there's nothing more fun to do, especially as an amateur young rider or anything like that. I think it's a great, great event. Absolutely love that. And they should channel you as well. Make it fun, listeners. It's all <laughs> got to be about the fun. Um, look, the most incredible win for you this weekend. Congratulations. Enjoy the moment. And who knows? We might see you back on Modified next year. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Watch this space. Stephanie, thank you. Thanks. There you go, listeners. Thank you very much, as always, for tuning in to the USCA official podcast. We have got lots more coming your way over the next couple of weeks. Uh, in fact, I think the next show, we might need a little bit of input from you guys because it is a Q&A with the Allistons and we will be putting your questions to them. So keep your eyes peeled on social media. If you've got any um, questions that you would like answering on the show, please send them in. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, lots to look forward to as we head towards the end of the season. For now, though, that is all we've got time for. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing and don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.